just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen nine episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is season one, episode nine, with arms out stretched. Luke, do you mind if we get a few words before your first game? Yeah, we're going to put it on the internet. Ravenshoops.com. Yeah, we're going to have a webcast and everything. What the hell is this? Well, we have this website. Yeah, we're sports announcers. Not in here, you're not. The locker room's closed. No media. Did you hear that? We're media. So, welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is Season 1, Episode 9, with arms out stretched dom we're here my friend how are you i'm very good thank you very good how are you you're so happy i am yeah you know why why because this episode was crazy (laughs) it was a bit crazy yeah there's so much to talk about i have so much i want to talk about i'm very excited I really, well, I can't say. Me too. Got to save it. We've been looking forward to this one. After I watched the episode, um, there's one major bit I really want to talk about. Okay. That, is, that I'm really looking forward to talking about. Just bringing it up. <laughs> okay. It's quite, it's quite exciting. But there's so much happens in this episode. A lot. And before we go any further, and this is totally my bad, um, we need to shout out some of our patrons as we have patrons on our patreon so we will give more information about our patreon channel a bit later as we go through the episode but we do have three uh, additional episodes that are available on our patreon channel two bonus episodes and our introduction episode with uh it takes free podcast network who did tree hill talk and with lex from the river court cast um, and then two bonus episodes and early one week early release on all of our episodes. So already the next episode of this, episode 10, is already available on Patreon. So Matthew, Alicia, Hannah, Emily, Sangeeta, thank you so much for all of your support. It really means the world to us. Uh, I can't thank you enough, honestly. It's, it's such a, a pleasure to know that you guys like our content enough to want to listen to the extra bits that we do as well and it means so much so thank you sincerely thank you so let's move in to this episode dom so much to say (laughs) who do you want to start with my friend oh i don't even know i don't even know this this episode has taken such a different turn from everything else it's like every character has become a different character It, it you know it's it's so different <laughs> except dan <laughs> is that where you want to start i mean may- maybe it makes sense to start it's difficult because there's it's pretty it's kind of a nathan centric episode yeah like as much as you know it shifts around i think nathan has the most happening uh lucas has a lot happening as well but i think if we cover one of those it's going to tie 
like half of the characters to it pretty much so if we if we cover nathan we cover Haley, and we cover the parents yeah um nathan's parents that is yeah if we cover lucas we cover brooke and peyton and keith and keith Whitey's and Whitey's in the middle, kind of in the middle. More, yeah. He's more towards the Nathan side, isn't he? Did you say Brooke and Peyton for Lucas? Uh, for Lucas yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so juicy <laughs> on both <Ooh>. sides. <laughs> did I make that noise? No, I did. Oh, you're making it. Okay. <laughs> the kettle is boiling. <laughs> it's time to take the kettle off of the pot. Okay, so what? The kettle is the pot, isn't it? Is that what you're laughing at? Take yeah. the kettle off the stove. Yeah, that'll do. Okay. <laughs> so who do you want then? Lucas or Nathan? We could kind of flip a coin, couldn't we? we could. I actually think... I think we should start with Nathan. Oh, so much to say. Because Lucas's story is just a little bit juicier. Okay. <laughs> They're both... Yeah, well, the ending of this episode... Whoa! <laughs> to, to quote Joey from Blossom, did you ever watch Blossom? Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> like, it's uh, yeah. Wow. 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 Maybe the best cliffhanger so far. Do you want to start with Lucas then? Oh, maybe. Maybe we could keep just talking for the whole episode about who we want to start with, and then just <laughs> never get through it. Never do. <laughs> um, let's start with. Let's start with Nathan. Ooh. Okay, before we start, I have been waiting patiently with you to say... It's <laughs> so excited. To say that I've said that Lucas is the character that I like love the most, right? Going yeah. through this. And it's true. He's kind of like my first love. Okay? Yeah? Yeah. I can see that. Okay. And I sort of... Uh, so it's hard to get over your first love. But at this sort of period, this is where... And even at the beginning, from my, all of my watches, this is where I veer into Nathan camp. And Lucas, I always have this fondness for. But this is where I really start rooting for Nathan and really like Nathan as a character i don't i can't expand on it too much more because i only want to speak on the context of these nine episodes but it's um yeah what do you know what i'm sort of saying without like i'm giving it away there must be there's such character changes in both of them yeah i wonder if what you're alluding to is a you know almost a role reversal between them well, I'm just sort of saying that I, I think this starts to open Nathan up for more likability, I guess, in this episode. Yeah. Some of the stuff that Lucas is going through is, is stuff that I feel like I can really relate to from my own personal experience of, uh, like I've sort of said on previous episodes, of feeling quite sort of subdued in the shadows and sort of high school and whatever, and then getting these glimmers of maybe now I'd do a couple more like quote-unquote bad boy things. <laughs> And then, you know, getting in trouble because you're actually known as, like, the wholesome guy. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. to, um Anyway, sorry. Two twos. So, uh, did we, did we say Nathan? Well, I think you said Nathan in the end. I'm all over the place, Dom. Immediately went back to Lucas. So. I'm all over. <laughs> That's because it's my first love. 
All right, tell me about Nathan. Nathan! <laughs> Nathan is put under like so much pressure in this one. So much. So much pressure. The sun's not going to rise tomorrow. Harsh. Said as a joke, though. And it wasn't. You think it was real? It wasn't said as a joke. Well, this is this is the only time I'm going to say whitey. That's probably not the right thing to say, because he says it, doesn't he? He says they laugh though. They they all laugh, and then he goes, "I'm not kidding." And it's that point where it becomes serious. He mm. says, "I'm not joking," because he wants his undefeated season. He wants this team to be the best team he's ever produced, put together, supported, coached, whatever, uh, taught. Um, and he's so close to that that he doesn't want them to ruin it for themselves because mm. they could come away from that being the best of the best, mm-hmm. knowing that they're the best. And he could come away from that going, I've retired on an all-time high. Yeah, This is awesome. It's my view anyway. Mm-hmm. So Nathan is um, sitting there kind of getting that pressure from his coach. And then he's at home getting the the pressure from Dan as well. Mm-hmm. So immediately they're, they're sitting down to eat. Dan's making comments about Deb's not being around, eating at Karen, uh, working at Karen's cafe and so forth. Where they're sat eating, did, did you get to watch this episode twice? Yes, I did. Always twice. Um, I love that. They the, Either the table is really low oh. or the stools are really high. I'm so glad you said that because it's such a bad combo. What is going on? Do you think it's the stools are high or the table's low? Both. It's really odd. I, I, I went out for dinner with my girlfriend the other day and they sat us at a table where the table was really low right and i asked them to move us yeah i said i know because like track and tracing and stuff and people are have booked certain sections and you've only got a certain amount of time yeah but is there any chance we can move to there because it's a normal table with normal chairs whereas this table's really low right <laughs> like they looked ridiculous didn't they yeah just but did they move you yeah, oh yeah, they did. Yeah, 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 did. That was I was very appreciative yeah. that they did that. But yeah. like Nathan and Dan sitting there, like they're tall. They're two tall guys. Yeah, as hunched well. over like proper weirdos eating their sandwich. It's almost heated up all the way through. Almost. Or maybe I'll start cooking again if your mother starts or something starts doing something. Working again? I don't know. Something. Either way. It was a dig at Debs, wasn't it? Yeah. Some sort of... Yeah. But this was a moment that you had said you, we had been missing. Like, we you hadn't we hadn't seen a Nathan-Dan one-on-one scene for a while. Yeah, because Deb had been so present. Yeah. So Deb is that, that wedge that, that forces them apart. Um, also, that, that kind of makes Nathan more himself mm. and be a bit more, uh, it's okay for me to not want to play basketball or to hang out with Haley or to focus on my studies because I'm not getting that pressure from my dad. Mm. And this is the opportunity where Dan has now slipped back in because Debs is, again, back in a world where she's so consumed by something else and busy. That she's cafe, n- yeah. Yeah, that she's not around enough to be able to deflect Dan's um, overbearing control on Nathan. And... Nathan is discussing, like he makes a joke about it's so strange that Davis is running Karen's cafe, Mum's running Karen's cafe. I might invite Lucas round for 
a sleepover or something like that. He makes yeah. that sort of joke, and Dan gives him a dirty look. But in this whole scene, it's it's um, it's just it's like bad parenting one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. It's not encouraging at all. It's it's not even trying to boost. Dan's not even trying to boost Nathan's confidence. He's just trying to like belittle him. Mm. In a way of saying, oh, I'd be so proud of you if you beat my record and stuff like that. But you're not going to because you're not strong enough. You're not good enough. And what else does he say? Because you, there's, he says something like, there's garbage buckets that you couldn't get because you don't bang down low hard enough. And I thought, I thought I wanted to know what your thought on was th- on this. Because we've spoken about us, do, us doing some like, you know, basketball you know terminology as we go so what was your take on garbage buckets and banging down low (laughs) um is it literally just don't go for a perfect shot every time just if you got to fight for it and just chuck it in anyhow chuck it in anyhow just get points on the board is that right so what he's getting at not quite he's saying that like um imagine you had a big garbage can like you know like the big black ones, like huge with a big circumference, right? And uh, sometimes at halftime, they bring them on at like on the halfway line and then they bring on like, like old sort of like soda cans and things and you can just throw them in there. What? <laughs> what? Do you... You're taking a piss? Yeah. So... <laughs> Oh, that's so harsh. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, Dan's just being a, a complete douche. And the fact that he's saying to his son, you won't do it because you're essentially not as good as I was. And just, yeah, like you said, it's the complete opposite of encouragement. It's belittling. Um, and then it leads to Nathan saying, oh, mum, I love you. And dad makes me happy or something like that. And leaving sort of sarcastically. Yes, uh, Debs is always going to be concerned for his welfare and particularly his mental health. He talks about, she talks about that quite a lot mm. and, and talks about it with Dan because it's like, Dan, you spend a lot more time with him. What's he like? What's this? What's going on here? What's going on there? And now she started to creep in. He seemed happier and less pressured. But automatically, it's like the first opportunity that Dan has got to spend a bit of alone time with him. He's made him feel awful. And it's almost like the comment of you need to tell your mum that everything's fine and that you like playing basketball and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Which leads him to this comment of, hi, mum, dad really loves me and he just sort of storms off. Which is then why Deb says, what was that all about? Mm-hmm. Maybe we should put a pin in that bit of the conversation when we get back to Dan and Deb. But this then leads to Nathan calling Tim and asking for uh, performance enhancers so that he can be in a different gear when they play uh, their next game. Now, when, as a first-time viewer, when you saw this was happening, were you instantly thinking that this was going to end in the way that it did? Or uh, where did you think this was going to go? I wasn't sure. I, I kind of thought that this would drag out. More than just this episode. Yeah, so this is going to become a problem. Um, and it would impact on him and Haley massively. Uh, but it's kind of resolved very quickly. Maybe. 
Well, oh, okay. It seems like it was resolved very quickly. To me, anyway. yeah, Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> don't do that. I don't want you comfortable up in here. <laughs> I want you on your toes. Don't be relaxing about One Tree Hill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I it, thought it was a bit of a, a, like a strange thing for him to do. To, like, go for that. Yeah, and I know that he's done it because his dad has kind of goaded him into saying that he's not strong enough or bulky enough to be able to handle the bigger players on the opposite teams and stuff. Um, Which is why he reacts so much to to Whitey after he takes the first lot. Um, Because he... Oh, no, actually, he knocks someone down, doesn't he? He gets into someone's back and... Knocks him over, and then Whitey's like, you can't be doing that. And he's like, well, why don't you get off my back, sort of thing. Walk away, son. Yeah, and gives him the opportunity to walk away. Why you would so have him. Walk away. Smash him down. Fuck him up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I didn't, I really wasn't expecting it, the whole, I'm going to take performance-enhancing drugs that are basically... It's basically speed on top of something else. They said steroids, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, which I thought took a strange turn. But his change in persona straight away on the back of that. So the pressure, obviously, that he's feeling run down. And then the the change that the, the drugs are making to him um, is immediately seen. So he, obviously his reaction to Whitey. But you kind of expect him to push back at Whitey a bit. But it's normally like quiet sarcasm or... Just like shitty comments, isn't it? It's not like he was borderline on like intimidation, wasn't he? Of like or getting like... in his face, and then he sort of realised himself and sort of stopped. But it was yeah, kind of had undertone of aggression to it. Yeah, it was just almost pure aggression coming out, um, and that's what prompts Whitey to say, "Walk away. You need to get away from the situation now because it's not going to end well for you." Um, and then his reaction to Haley uh, when before the, the corridor, game. yeah. Or before that, it's uh, she comes up to him in the hallway, like by his locker, and she sort of make or she taps him on the shoulder and then goes like the other way, you know, like a playful thing. Mm. And he's just like, yeah, ha ha, very funny. And she's a bit like taken back a little bit. And then he's she's like, are you okay? You know, you don't look right. And then he very cleverly sort of spins it and it's like. Yeah, my heart's racing. This is what happens when you're around, you know. He looks ill. Like, he looks like he's tweaking. James Lafferty's performance in this is really good. I mean, not that I know what, you know, that that looks like, but it seems like a a really good portrayal. But she sort of instantly is sort of getting that something isn't quite right. Um, Because we've missed at the beginning of the episode that they're like making out in school and uh he chases after her doesn't he and says Haley, quick come in here grabs her they go into a classroom and they kind of kiss in the corner and she says oh we can't do that can't do that here and he's like okay fine i'll I'll kiss you later then and disappears it's all quite lovely and nice playful playful touchy-feely um and then as soon as he has any contact with dan he becomes a drug-riddled mess. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, an attitude problem. I think all of those moments are really sweet in terms of from where we ended in the last episode where they had their first kiss and, uh, you know, they had 
this whole accumulation of the drama that they've been going through. And it's, so it's nice to get that payoff that it looks like they're gonna have some normality and it looks like Haley sort of got what she, like it feels like all those barriers have gone, like Nathan's not gonna be, you know, embarrassed, quote unquote, to be seen with her or any of that sort of stuff. Uh, and then this happens. And like you said, the root of it definitely is from Dan's pressure and yes whitey a little bit on top of that but i'd still say it's like 90 percent dan 10 percent whitey i think all the whitey comments they take with a pinch of salt and nathan yeah. would take with a pinch of salt because he's always under the impression that he knows more and is better and blah 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 and he's just a kind of a cocky teenager um but when it comes to dan that really hits him hard mm. um it's probably more 95 percent Dan to five percent Whitey mm. you know it's our Dan's behavior towards Nathan is is not that of a father I mean it's borderline abusive I think we could say yeah and we've said that before when we talked about Dan's relationship with Karen and how he like wants the control and the power and it feels like he is a, abusive uh, and that's how he operates so we move into the the weight room we have the interaction between nathan and lucas there where lucas is sort of trying to talk to him and be like yeah you know i know that and i think lucas quite appropriately says i know that your dad can be quite hard on you and he's like what you don't know anything about my dad you know like uh well i think lucas is being quite conscious of not trying to be like you know our dad or anything and being quite respectful and just trying to be supportive mm. just wasn't the time. No. Unfortunately. He, he's not to know that, you know. Um, and then pretty... That, that was almost like a... Olive branch. Yeah, reaching out with an open palm kind of moment. And it's immediately thrown back. So I think they've both had moments of that over the last couple of episodes between each other and between the other characters that are bringing them closer together. Um, but for whatever reason... Uh, well, well, obviously for the drug reason, but it's just, it's put in that they, they're not going to connect at this episode. So it's not the right time for the writers and directors and stuff like that. So um, we have to see that as not right for them now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we pretty much get, we get to the game, but just before the game, we get Nathan being rude to Haley, I think it was an important moment because Nathan basically says, if I'm not perfect in five minutes on the other side of, you know, this wall, they're going to, like, tear me down or, you know, they're going to pull me apart or rip me to shreds or whatever he says. And the delivery on those lines I thought was really good and it kind of just painted the picture of how much pressure is on him and can be on athletes you know that are still kids really you know teenagers is insane um and i think i thought that was a really good scene i mean just without the pressure that's on teenagers anyway yeah um with you need to get this grade to go to this school and this college and blah 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 yeah um it's it, they already live in a world of pressure Mm -hmm. And well, they're just adding to it with this game and his dad, basically. And then we get to the game, and Nathan is at 38 points when we get in there, which is crazy. I mean, someone scoring like 30 points in a game, 
you know, like the NBA is like a good game, you know. So he's on like 38 points uh, and we see him getting there towards, he needs to get to, he gets to 40, doesn't he? And then, you know, is it one more to go or, oh, he gets, no, he gets a three pointer, doesn't he? So it's like he only has to get one more basket to break uh, Nathan, sorry, to break Dan's score. Mouth in the crowd, the only time we see him. He that won't be named. <laughs> I love that. That was a good moment. And Nathan fouls. So he does a charging foul. So he fouls a defender as he's going through. Uh, gets in the referee's face. Um, gets sort of told to, you know, take a step back. And then back in the game, Lucas is saying, you know, checking is okay. They're saying, just get, you know, Nathan's saying, just get me the ball. And... Uh, what happens, Don? He gets the ball. He has his back to the basket, sort of fending off a defender, and tunnel vision, and he collapses. On the court. On the court, and everybody runs over and is like, "Oh shit, is he okay?" Hey, he looks pale. Like he looks like he's got like that cold sweat. Yeah. You know, and then he wakes up in the hospital. Yeah. Severely dehydrated. The the voice acting on this is really good. Like when he does sort of like croaky voice, he says he really needs to piss. <laughs> um, it was really good. Like he was playing this really well. It seemed like he had just woken up from fainting or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about what happened there, I guess, when we get to Dan. Um, and And then he ends up sort of sneaking out of there and ends up at Haley's house. Yes. Well, we've already had a moment with him at Haley's house, haven't we? Yeah. So he has his kind of drug-induced study session. And yeah. And it all gets a little bit too much. So he... A bit handsy. <laughs> but she's going along with it. Haley's going along with it up to a point. Um, and he says, oh, you know, we can... Um, we're alone, sort of thing. And she says, oh, but I'll... The forefathers are here. And he's like, oh, hey, they can watch. And he grabs her by the, the hand and pulls her to the bed. And she quite happily climbs on top of him. And it all gets a bit, you know, frisky. Handsy. And risky. Handsy. <laughs> and uh, he starts to undo her top. And she says, no, stop. Mm-hmm. And he carries on. And she has to say it again. And I think Shouldn't have to say it twice. Absolutely not. And I think it's like the third time. She's like, what the hell's wrong with you? And gets up and goes, mm-hmm. you need to leave. And like throws him out. Mm-hmm. And he goes off in a, a in a bit of a rage. Well, he goes, first of all, he's like, no, it's cool, it's cool. Let's just study, let's just study. I think he sees he's gone too far. I, I, to me, to me, it seemed like if he wasn't drug-induced, that <laughs> that... He would have stopped the first time. Uh, I don't. Or do you, think, you, you think it would have it. been this? Yeah, I don't think he would have pushed it of going the second time. You know, of her having to say no. But I don't think he would have been as forceful with it. Oh, at all. I you don't think, think the I think situation. He's really respectful of Haley. Right, right, right. So, like with Peyton, he would have been like, "Yeah, fine, let's just go and have sex, whatever." Unless but he has with, mono. Yeah, <laughs> unless he's got mono. But with Haley, he's uh, a lot more reserved and a lot more patient. Mm-hmm. And a lot more understanding of her needs, um, so he will just be like studying, maybe a bit flirty and playful. But if she doesn't give any, 
inclination of that's what she wants, then he'll stop and just study and get on with it. But because of he's under the influence, I think he's a bit more pushy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, two twos to the end, and he goes back to Haley's, where he's sort of um, escaped from the hospital, so to speak, and uh, he basically says he messed up. Um, you know, can he stay here for the night? He's what does he say? He says something like, uh, he, "He needs help." He yeah. knows that he, that he needs help. And it, it's, it's not just a with the drugs thing, because that's only just started, I assume, because there's no mention of it prior to this episode. Um, but he, you can tell that he's... Vulnerable. Yeah, it's, it's like depression. Yeah, and she... He feels safe with her. Mm. It's actually pretty beautiful, Dom. <laughs> it's a nice moment. But it is, as in, for like a pairing. For like, and again, this is, they're young adults, as we like to say, mm-hmm. uh, rather than teenagers. But I, I think it's written really well. Like, it's done really sincerely. And I think it's a really nice moment. And uh, we'll, maybe let's touch more on that when we get to Hayley. Should we go to Hayley? Sure, let's go straight to Hayley. So let's go back to the beginning. Well, we've spoken about her interactions. She has lunch with Lucas halfway through the episode. Um, she has an interaction with Peyton. They're studying together. Oh, yeah. that's Maybe let's leave the Lucas lunch until we cover Lucas because it's mainly focused on, on uh, Lucas. There, there is another good Lucas joke again which we seldomly see I guess where <laughs> she says I've been kissing Nathan and he's like if I asked you to not do that would you do that <laughs> no <laughs> well, I thought you meant the other joke what was the other he, one because she then goes what about Peyton and yeah, said, yeah. yeah you can kiss Peyton yeah <laughs> yeah 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 that's what I thought you were yeah meant. I meant both of those I just forgot that one yeah. <laughs> um okay so that's we talk, start with Haley and Peyton then when they have their study moment because we kind of spoken about Haley's interactions with Nathan outside of the game in the corridor when they're kissing at the beginning. So then they have that bit where and and in the bedroom the first time. So then there's that part where Peyton basically she's saying about Lucas and she's saying that about um, you know Nathan getting a bit physical is that what she says I can't really remember I mean it comes up about being a virgin but I can't remember how they got there so they they both they're both discussing why they're both a bit down both quite somber in this part of the episode yeah and Peyton is upset because she knows that Brooke has gone out with Lucas oh yeah that's right oh and she's asking that's right she's asking Hayley whether she knew about um Peyton and Lucas's crescendo at the Jamboree, Dan Scott Jamboree thing. Yeah, and she says, yeah, because, yeah, Lucas told me, Lucas told me that things, you know, weren't going to work out. It wasn't the right time for you. Yeah, you're not ready for a relationship. Yeah, which was a nice way of putting it, rather than going, Lucas told me um, that you're both basically naked and and ready to have sex, and you ran. I want it all. Yeah. (laughs) I want it all with you. The breath monster. (laughs) Yeah. He's like enjoying every little thing. 
<laughs> it was the the breathing was so intense. <laughs> I bet maybe that's what it just was. She was just like, whoa, that's some heavy breathing. Have <laughs> you got forgot your inhaler? <laughs> <laughs> Two pops. Take the face mask off. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, and then Peyton and Haley, yeah, they're talking, they're studying, and Peyton basically asks Haley, she's like, oh, wait, are you a virgin? And she starts to laugh, like Peyton starts to laugh, or starts to smile anyway, like as in, oh, you're a virgin. And then Haley says, so what if I am? Great moment. And it just shuts her up. And she's just like, good for you. And like, respects it. Yeah. That is such... Like, we can't underrate that as a moment for a teenager to be able to own it and just be like, yeah, so what if I am? Like, I'm not going to be embarrassed about that. Where Peyton's initial reaction was going to be to like, laugh at it, I believe. Mm. It did feel like that. And she turned around and said, I want to find the right person, the right time and what's good for me. Not going to do it on anyone else's schedule. Love it. And um, you kind of get the vibe that Peyton's been around that group of people that are so desperate to fit in. Yeah. That And be validated. Yeah. And that if you're still a virgin, then they can look down on you and make fun of you. And, and Haley won't get sucked into that and drawn into that world. Yeah. Which is great. And she Love immediately it. shoots it down, which immediately makes Peyton go, that's, that's so great. You know? Yeah. Well done. And that's perhaps that's a nice moment for Haley to teach Peyton something, mm. you know, uh, where I feel like it's posed as if Peyton would be the one teaching Haley something in these types of things about how to be with Nathan and so on and so forth, where reality is there's nothing that you can be teaching Haley about Nathan because you didn't have a real relationship, you know, what... Haley has had with Nathan in the last week is engulfs what you had with Nathan for however long it has been. So back off, Peyton. If she wants to be a virgin for the rest of her life, she can. Fuck you, Peyton. <laughs> caca. <laughs> you can say all reluctantly, that. Reluctantly. <laughs> reluctantly, caca. Why keep all that in? You just go with the first fuck you, Peyton. Keep it up to there. Well, it's just... Or, or can you not because of people's reactions on Instagram? People will hate me. <laughs> I, I just, they will hate me. No, they don't. They will hate me for for disliking her that much. I, I don't... dis me as well, then. I don't, I don't dislike her. I just think that... Maybe I'll keep all of this in. Just as an FYI, if you hear a caca halfway through <laughs> and, it's, and we haven't done anything... Kakar is our note to edit. <laughs> if we've True got, Raven style. <laughs> if, yeah, if we've gone over the line. Uh, but I, I, no, I don't have... The thing is with Peyton is I feel like she's been through a lot and I don't want to undermine that at all. Um, uh, but... Uh, I, wanna, I really this... want to tell you what I feel about Peyton in this episode. I'm gonna wait until we get to her. Okay, she just, she she <laughs> makes okay. So we'll put a pin in Peyton then. Um, so what else happens with Haley? I think that we can just go all the way to the last scene then with Haley. I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? She closes the door. 
want to stay with you tonight. No, my parents are away for the weekend. They're away for the weekend. No. <laughs> She's got a tin of rubbers, according to you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for this all day. <laughs> uh, what? So, what's your <laughs> prediction? Seems like a good time for a Going prediction. Down to funky town. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so what's your prediction then? Your prediction is that it went down. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But I, I actually, I don't know. I would actually quite like it if we get to the next episode and it's the next morning, and they've just like snuggled, cuddled all night. Well, he's not. Bit of spooning. His probably is pretty weak he's severely dehydrated he doesn't want to get any more dehydrated does he this could that could be actually what kills him <laughs> that's just it he's dead, he's, dead he's not in anymore fluids <laughs> what what happened Haley? those fluids that he needed Pay- that she took <laughs> peyton said peyton laughed at me it was all peyton's fault <laughs> <laughs> He had mono once and scored 12 points. I thought it'd be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. (laughs) So, I'm kind of hoping... um, Well, the way she closed the door and the conversation that she's had before, it indicates that they are going to sleep together and that they're, they're in... He's in that vulnerable moment that she feels comfortable enough to do that. But... I actually think he'll be sensible enough to say, can I just stay here tonight? She'll close the door and they'll just kind of have a nice sleep. I'm thinking let him have a shower before we do anything. Because he played in the game. He's been in hospital. We, he hasn't showered. He's st- when he came in, he had his uh, warm-up top on. So I think he's got his basketball kit on underneath that. Oh. So like, let him have a shower real quick before anything. Probably some food. Mac and cheese, mate. That mac and cheese probably is not going to sit right in the stomach. Probably a bit too wet. So I'm going to say maybe just toast with a little bit of butter. Um, not orange juice, not no juice, just water. Just water. Ice water. A bit of ice in there. Um, you know, once he's had the shower, like moisturize, um, brush his teeth. That would be nice. A nice sort of minty taste out, you know. Um, hopefully he's able to shampoo condition. Um, Hang on a minute, who's sleeping with him? You or Haley? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to make sure he's clean and looked after Dominic. <laughs> and and then he'll have a real restful night. And then in the morning, maybe some French toast. Oh, you went with toast. I thought it was French something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hope for. How would you feel if in the next episode that was all spoilers? That's what happened all next. Right. He's just like conditioning his hair. Yeah, that's um, I think that would be insane. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll <laughs> but, find out. But hilarious. <laughs> okay, so should we move on to Dan and Deb? Yes. And sort of wrap them up. This is what I want to talk about. Let's do it. This is what I want to talk about. Let's go there. So, how does it start with them? It starts with Deb coming back home, doesn't it? And they're in the kitchen eating. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It starts with them in the in the cafe. She and makes a terrible coffee. Yeah. And he first says, can I, can I 
buy a cup of coffee is making it very clear he's paying you know um and then yeah it's terrible and um she's like are you here to criticize me and he's saying no i had a few hours spare i wanted to come support my wife and that's what he does very often is he disguises his malicious nefarious intent with under good intentions yeah you know he's pretending that he's there for a good reason but he's actually there just to like dig her out really scumbag i really don't like dan Dom, when he when Nathan then no sorry when Lucas then comes in, it sees them both together and immediately turns around and walks out. Okay, now when there's that um, the frame when it, when from his perspective and you see Deb and Dam, blonde woman, uh, dark haired man, my parents if they're American. I just saw it and I was like, it's mum and dad. If, if they're in America in a cafe, my dad's in a suit, coffee, my, my mum behind the thing. You know my parents, you've seen them, you know them like our whole lives. I'm you, silent because I'm amazed. Because yeah. you saw it too. Yeah, I, I do now. Did you see it? I've seen it now. Now you mentioned it. Now you can't unsee it. I cannot unsee that. Do you really see it? I, I absolutely know what you mean, yeah. And so I'm Lucas Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. It's a, it's a process. That one for a minute. <laughs> um, the whole interaction in the cafe. Oh, so we're just let's moving go, on. Let's go back to them, yeah. We're just we, moving on. We'll move on to. <laughs> well, we'll see. Okay, yeah. So them in the cafe. Um, so we've got terrible coffee. Dan trying to be. A little bit pushy by pretending to be helpful, and he's quite undermining here, isn't he? Like the coffee, there might be nothing wrong with that coffee at all. I'm sure. At the I'm end sure of the day, there's not. There's blatantly not. At the end of the day, it's a filter that you put into a machine that pours water into a jug. Yeah. So surely, can you really get that that wrong? No, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure he's just being a douche. Yeah. So he's obviously just trying to play. It's power play, isn't it? Yeah. Again, um, and then well, he's trying to belittle her because she is doing something that makes him uncomfortable. Yeah, it's all about him being selfish. The fact that she's working in that cafe is highlighting the fact that he abandoned the child and uh, is bringing those sort of worlds closer together, making him uncomfortable. So he's punishing her by being insulting and douchebag. So I'm really upset that I didn't say something a little while ago because it's kind of been hinted at in this episode mm-hmm. where I suggest I was going to suggest that Debs is going to open a restaurant okay or something like that and it's going to so she's going to have this friendship with Karen and then aim to open a restaurant and say I'd actually really like to open a restaurant and she'll be like, hang on a minute I run this cafe You've helped me run my cafe for however many weeks I've been away, like five, Learned six weeks. Learned the trade and, and now stabbed gonna... me in the back. Yeah, and I, this is kind of what I wanted to say last week, but I didn't. I sort of kept it to myself and said it's only a matter of time before she opens her own place and it kind of begins a little rivalry. And Dan pushes him to that. Is this, 
it is now uh, so obviously you're alluding to the point of deb's diner you can have a long bar here a couple retro booths over here when dan's showing deb the sort of vacant space yeah and she, you... she's immediately like i don't know what you're talking about i don't want to own a diner or run a diner i want to just help my friend out so is this your is this part prediction then is this what you're saying now then you're predicting that that's what's going to happen is dan's going to sort of manifest and manipulate it to put them at odds against each other yeah i i actually think that she will say no all the way through until it's like put together and feel pressured into having to have this diner because of something to do with Nathan potentially because uh, like I can't really work it out at the moment because I think I thought that she would have done it just off her own back but in this episode she said she doesn't want all that um she doesn't want you, you know to to do any of that and run a diner she just wants to support her friend while she's away and then get back to focusing on her son. But I kind of think that Dan is the sort of person that has um, enough kind of money and influence and is able to pressure them in, in the right way. And he would make the diner and make it seem like it was her idea to Karen and Keith and so on. Even though she will say, it's nothing to do with me, you know, I, I never wanted it to be like this kind of moment. Um, and it will make her relationship with Karen a bit rocky. Okay. Which well, I don't want. I actually quite like them as a, as a, as, as friends. It's not, it's quite nice. Because mm, it, then... it annoys Dan so much, but Dan has to get something over them somehow. So I wouldn't be surprised if a few episodes down the line, this Deb's diner is in construction. And you need drama, right? Can't have wow. smooth. We've said this all the time. Can't have smooth sailing all the time. You've got to have spanners in the works. Yeah. So, moving forward to Nathan collapsing, which we've already touched on. Uh, when we're in the hospital, Dan has not alerted Debs, which uh, you can look at it two ways. I'll say you the two ways, and then I'll say which way I see it, and then you can, without any foreshadowing again just looking at these episodes and you can say what you think uh but i think you could look it as he just forgot to call debs because he's caught up in the moment so on and so forth and she wasn't at the game or two you could look at it that he didn't tell her on purpose because he wanted her to feel guilty that she wasn't there because she was at karen's cafe and making it feel like she had chosen that obligation or responsibility over the welfare of her son, therefore putting the points on Dan's scoreboard and him being able to have that power over her. I see it that way. It's 100% option number two. (laughs) Okay. Absolutely. There's no way in hell, as someone who isn't a parent, who isn't married, watching that, watching someone's son be hospitalised because of like a drug problem or whatever... I immediately went, where's the wife? We need to tell the wife. Where's Deb? She wasn't there. She wasn't because he intended, he didn't intend on telling her until, you know, the last minute. Actually, it was Haley that told her. And, it, you know, she's already said earlier on in the episode, 
you know, good news and bad news. Bad news is I can't come to the game, but good news is Haley can go. Great. You know, your girlfriend, you probably want your girlfriend to go more than me. She's trying to do a nice thing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go and run the cafe so that Haley can go to the game and then you can spend some time with each other afterwards. Wonderful. What a great mum. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Team Debs. She is a great mum. Team Debs. And then we have, absolutely, all the way. And then we have um, Douchebag Dan who decides that, you know what, he's had this um, this attack or whatever's happened to him and he's got himself into a point where he's been hospital- Nathan's been hospitalised um, and I absolutely now hold all the cards and I'm going to make her look like crap by not telling her that he's here. Um, and then it isn't until he gets home that... She's, she then gets home as well. Well, she arrives at the hospital, but Nathan's already gone. Yeah. Uh, but just just before we get to that bit, I think it's worth us saying that how Dan handles the doctor, because the doctor questions Nathan on, you know, I need to know what, what you know, drugs and supplements or whatever is in your system. Uh, it looks like you had some sort of amphetamine or, you know, something like that. And Dan immediately, Nathan doesn't really say anything, and Dan immediately comes in and like, whoa, 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 he's, he's an athlete, you know, let's, let's not be throwing this stuff around, and then takes him outside, and we get, which is a kind of an, a peculiar shot for One Tree Hill from these early episodes, we get like a revolving uh, camera shot as they're talking, did you notice this, like when they're, and... Uh, I guess it's almost to give sort of symbolism that Dan's sort of like, you know, like manipulating or wrapping circles around him. Maybe I, I don't know, but the world revolves around Dan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you could, yeah, you could read it that way. And saying unless your tests are a hundred percent accurate, you're going to have a lawsuit on your hands that you don't want. So your job is to make him better. So why don't you go and do that? Yeah. Like be more doctor, less detective. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as much as he's our antagonist and he's a douchebag and all that sort of stuff, can't lie, love that scene. Mm. Right? Like It's a good moment. I just love the control, confidence, like I'm, I will get what I want. Mm. And I mean, it's not to say that it's right or anything, but it's a great sort of villain type thing to have. Then we get home, Deb and Dan, there's the eruption. There's the, I will stab you in your sleep. What a line. What a line. I knew you'd love that. You love those Deb punchlines. Get out of his house. Leave. It's my house. I don't care that it's your house. Fine, I'll take Nathan. We're going. It's like, where where are you going to go? You need to leave. Get out of the house. If you don't get out of the house... I will stab you in your sleep. You really think Nathan would choose you over me? I would have just stabbed him then. <laughs> just do it. No one's going to believe you did it, Devs. Just say there was a robbery. Smash yeah. a window. Yes. Go outside. Throw a brick through the window. Climb in. Create some mess. You Right. The problem is, is that okay. when these pretend home evasions is that nothing is ever missing. So you've got to make shit disappear. Okay. Make it look like a proper robbery. So okay. break shit, make shit disappear. Okay. Okay? And then stab him up. Right. We need rid of Dan. Okay. This is a whole 
dark turn <laughs> down. I think you need therapy. I don't I can, that at all, by the way. <laughs> on our bonus episode, I spoke about um, the doctor and therapist that I'd spoken to about my Chad Michael Murray obsession with my paper mache heads in the <laughs> shrine and the open candles and flames and whatever. <laughs> I can give li- you that. I can give you their number. If you would like to listen to that episode, <laughs> yeah, and it's available on Patreon. You can find out more about paper mache heads of Chad Michael Murray. Uh, no, actually, we we need Dan. Dan is very much vital to he is to the whole so of this vital. series. If he, he was garbage, if that character was trash and the actor was trash, this it wouldn't work. Yeah, like he is so important, and Paul Johansson does an amazing job necessary evil yeah love it um i think then we could move on from devs and dan that their relationship has got further and further and further apart yeah the more devs have been in it but if you think back then for all of this of what's happened with their relationship all of this stuff it all sparked from lucas leaving the river court yeah. It's this domino chain reaction that's done all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. I love it. <laughs> I think there's one more character we need to talk to about on this side of things before we jump into the Lucas, Brooke, Pate, and all of that stuff. And that is Tim. Tim. The drug dealing. Tim was his, his brother, brother isn't it? Yeah. He he implies like, oh, your brother will know what what's up. Like as if he implies like he's got an older brother that was maybe like, you know, not, uh, not like Tim. Not like as in, maybe you know, Tim sort of seen as a little bit of a yes man. I don't know. Anyway, I think Tim gets uh, doesn't get treated very well by Nathan. You know, he has he sort of gives him the drugs and whatever, and then he has to do a you're welcome. Yeah. I thought that as well. But then I also thought, he's just giving him drugs. True. So take that context out. He did him a favor and and he warns him several times. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? Okay, this is how it works. You need to be careful. If you go, if you grow breasts, I get the first look. Ha, (laughs) ha, ha. Um, You know, he's not taking them or any of that stuff. Um, And that was the chair. And (laughs) he... uh, yeah, he doesn't even get a thank you. I don't know. It, it, they, they made a point of making it a point. So I feel like it's worth at least discussing. Maybe Tim's fed up of being pushed around. and Is Tim kind of becoming the leader of that group now? What, the Ray-Ban? Yeah, because although Nathan was seen as the captain of the basketball team, he's now falling into this world of... Haley's more important. He studies a lot more. He pays less attention to basketball. Is Tim kind of taking over? That's, you know, a potential outcome. Maybe. We will see. (laughs) And then finally on this side, I guess we can talk about Whitey's part of it because, I mean, this all culminates in the end with uh, Whitey shutting off the gym. Which, which is, is Coach Carter, isn't it? Which yeah. is, listen back to our introduction episode, Dom, and I said, you said about Coach Carter, about basketball, and I said, oh, it's written by the same guy, it's written by Marshall, <laughs> and I said, guess what? There's actually some similarities in some of the writing and some of the themes that you'll find in Coach Carter and Wondery Hell. 
And you said, ha, 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 okay. And I said, you wait. Episode nine, bitch. And look what happened. Gym's closed. Until further notice. And guess what happened in Coach Carter? The gym was closed. Until what? Further notice. Keith Scott Body Motors Shop, Auto Shop, and... Towing. That's right. So... <laughs> but before that, I, I I was interested to see if you'd remember the parallels with Coach Carter. Yeah, of course. As soon as um that door closed, as Whitey's leaving the gym, and the door closes, and it says that, I was like, this is that's it's probably the same sign. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think Coach Carter was made after this, after this first season. I think this is 2003. I think Coach Carter was like 2004, 2005. Possibly. Yeah. So, but yeah. So it goes the other way around then. Yeah, so I think this was first. So they used the One Tree Hill sign, but he probably, I'm assuming, Mark Schwann had probably maybe already written the screenplay, so it was maybe just like taping bits, do you think? I don't know. Yeah, I don't see why not. Because you don't know if screenplays are going to get made, right? Like for movies. If it works, it works. Yeah, but it fits. Fits. So talk to me about Whitey. Is the what's it says like Whitey Durham something on the wall? Yeah, is field it, field hall, something is field hall. Is it like named after that? Him? The hall, yeah, the yeah. sports hall. Okay, I've never noticed that before. Yeah, that's is actually it? been there from um, the second episode. It's literally this is the first time I've noticed it. Yeah, they're, they're right. It's funny that you say that because there's so this is my fifth watch. There's something that's written on a wall somewhere. I'm not going to say where, when, whatever. And it becomes a big deal later down the line, like much later down the line. And I've never known how long it's been in there for. Like as in they play, they talk about it as if it's been there from the beginning. So I, and I've never really known. And I've, I've even pre our podcast to like fan you know instagram pages and stuff i've like put the question like oh hey do you know where bloody blur first comes in you know what episode and no one's ever been able to answer it so i've made a conscious point in my mind to be scanning the walls of this certain place to try and find this certain text to see exactly when it comes in and it's not here yet. Oh, you haven't seen it? No. Okay, that's what I was going to ask next, is have you seen it yet? No. Okay, so you know it's not in the first nine episodes? Yeah, at least. I, my, I, I reckon it's not in, like, the first four seasons. Oh, right. But I think so that... So it's in reference to something. Happening, or... No, well, I can tell you this part. It's something that's meant to be written on the wall of Karen's Cafe. Oh, right, okay. Um... And they reference it in the later seasons, like loads. Yeah. Um, but I think it's like a retcon. Like they must, they like, must like pretend that it's there because I haven't seen it yet. I've like even been looking around, like looking to pause. There's nothing that even looks like it yet. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have no idea anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, no difference to me if I did know or did notice it. Yeah, and as soon as I see it, I'll just tell you because it's not going to ruin anything. Yeah. It's written there on the wall. Um. But okay, so Whitey, talk to me about Whitey. He, I talked about him having a moment where he's got to decide whether he retires or not. Yeah. Or if he's forced into retirement. And I kind of feel like this has become that moment. He said, I'm going to close the gym. I'm not going to let, you know, 
any championship or any feeling about a, a game get to me or get to one of these boys the way you know it's got to Nathan and he has his interaction with Dan doesn't he and Dan blames him and he oh, takes the dealership yeah and he takes some of the races he needs to talk to him about his attitude and the way he is and stuff like that something's not quite right and um, why he takes some of that pressure on and says yeah I, I accept that some of that is my fault mm. and my doing mm-hmm. but he gets a lot of that home doesn't he and that immediately switches it back and says yeah I understand that I'm at fault and that some of this is my problem and that Nathan is reacting to me in the way I am but that's because he's belittled so much at home by you mm. um, and he doesn't know how to react properly to we'll call it coaching and um, it gets to that so Nathan has his collapse. He he's the first one to to run over and get to him, isn't he? More mm. like in terms him of and Lucas, adults, Tim, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're all there, and he's the only one that sort of goes running over, and he's looking around. Obviously, it's that call nine one one moment, isn't it? Um, and he has genuine concern. He has as much as he's playful and quite. Um, disgruntled no so like just generally quite quite playful with the players who white he is with the team yeah and he'll just like he's quite mocking of them dry he's very dry yeah um he does care for them yeah totally like massively well and that's evidenced in at the end to jump a little bit where keith i thought this is clever how this tied together Mm. dan's on the phone uh, at the hospital this is where Nathan has like evaded the hospital and he's talking to Keith and he's like oh, I appreciate you you know reaching out Keith thanks very much and I thought oh that's like an odd you know interaction to have and then a little a few scenes later it ties it together because Keith's then to Whitey okay yeah he's okay so Whitey asked Keith to call Dan you know, because um, so he cares that much to his checking vicariously through somebody else. I thought it was like a clever, a clever moment that they linked. Yeah, he's gone and said, "This has happened to Nathan. I need you to find out what's going on because I need to know. Yeah. I need to know he's okay." Um, and his concern is always for, for him and for the for the lads um, that are playing and for the whole team. And but when he's having his row with Dan, Dan throws back in his face the. You know, you're the one that said the sun wouldn't rise. You're the one that dropped them off 30 miles away from home and made them walk. And he's throwing these things back in. And so he knows he's at fault for a lot of things. And that his methods might not always be um, the right way of doing things, uh, necessarily the responsible way of doing things. But it gets a, a reaction out of them to make them play better. And they've won every game so far. So, you know, why not keep doing it if it's working? Because nobody's made a complaint yet, and he's been this successful. He's, you know, the place is named after him, which I only noticed today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, why, why change it? Why not keep going? And, and like I said before, he's kind of that old school coach that there needs to be a point of something going quite severely wrong, or there being a moment where something bad has happened that makes him reassess himself and maybe make someone more senior reassess him and his position and his tenure at the school so i actually think it'll be horrible but they'll close the gym it'll have a similar effect to like it does in coach carter where there's 
you need to let the boys play and he's like I'm not going to do that until we resolve the issue of like why he was taking drugs and if anyone else is doing it because I won't allow that in this gym and then this will be kind of what sets him over the edge and so it might not necessarily be his choice but it might be his actions that force him out I really like the moment in the or well, we will see in, <laughs> in the dealership where then when Dan starts firing all this stuff back at him about yeah you um, you said the sun wouldn't rise this that and the other why he just kind of he kind of just like waves it off he's just like oh, okay there's no winning with you not, I'm not even going to waste the words to combat with you because you're just going to twist it anyway. I thought it was a really good moment because it's kind of like a... I don't need to just justify myself to you. You know, I, I'm accepting uh, what I have done and I'm going to work to resolve it. And if you can't see what you have done and you don't want to resolve what, what you have done, you know, I've I've highlighted it to you now it's on you you know i'm not gonna sit here and just continue to feed into you you know what i mean yeah absolutely um okay so shall we move on to the other side of the force (sighs) before we go any further with lucas have you noticed that he's start to grow a soul patch little bit of hair underneath his lip no i had not noticed it just whistles in the wind baby (laughs) this is a point of contention that um and this isn't spoilers maybe it is maybe it's not for the next few episodes that soul patch is there so much to the point that chad michael murray in real life laughs at this and he actually posted something about it like a few weeks ago like hey do you remember when i tried to grow a little soul patch (laughs) it's just here under his lip it's just it's yeah i can't believe you didn't see it i didn't notice it's yeah didn't notice it's in the wind wow yeah is that um so in star trek which i've not talked about for a long time yeah um when they there's episodes i think there's an episode called mirror mirror where they go into whenever they go to like an alternate you know, reality version of themselves. They grow a soul patch. There's like evil versions of themselves always have like a goatee. Oh, right, yeah. So is he turning into like evil version of himself? Sure, but I don't don't know. It's just, it's definitely, it's not a character choice. This is an actor thing. This is a Chad Michael Murray So he just decided he wanted to grow one and he couldn't? Well, no, he can. It's just, it's very light. Ah, okay. You know? And no one has said to him, get rid of it. I guess not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but okay, so Lucas, Lucas, um, where do we start with Lucas? I was quite proud of Lucas in this episode. Talk to me about it. So I've I found Lucas to be quite. <sighs> he's very like we we do all the humble and he's yeah he's lovely he's a great guy we do all of that <laughs> but he's not living is he? Right, you think he's living a bit sheltered? Yeah, but only because he's um, he wants to protect his mum. And he wants to stay sensible for her and, and stuff like that. And he's turned around and said to her in the last episode, you need to go and do these things. Do these things or you'll regret it. Go and enjoy yourself. You know, you've, you've lived for me for all of this time and you've done everything for me and you've done everything that you've done in your life has been about me having a, a happy life. And, you know, we've worked hard for that. And now it's time for you to do something for you. 
and enjoy yourself. And I think he's taken on that advice and is doing it for himself. So um, the vulnerability of Brooke has immediately attracted him to her. Um, mm. Well, the, I messaged you before when I was watching this episode today. <laughs> and I said, this episode is thirsty and it really is <laughs> like this <laughs> this is like a horny episode yeah like and um okay well that's okay well where do hang on let's do this in some order here so i think does it start at, at the school with uh lucas giving brooke the steinbeck book or do we start before that, where it's, he's talking to Peyton? He's talking to Peyton because he yes. says to Peyton, "Say hi to Brooke for me." At the, yeah, so which for, I thought was a really weird thing to say. It right, but it was it was in, right because she said, "I hope it's okay. I hope we're not weird. I hope we we can just be friends, you know." And so I almost read it as he's like, "Yeah, it's cool. I'm okay," because he's already starting this sort of connection with Brooke, and then I think the whole device of that was just for her to take notice of it like i don't think it was like a character choice of that lucas would have said that he would just say yes yeah, say hi to brooke for me i think it was more put in there in the script for peyton to be like oh like okay is she starting to lose him well after he turned around and said i, I don't think i could really deal with the whole peyton drama yeah relationship thing yeah so he's just gone and thrown that in her face and then says i'll say hi to brooke for me and then disappears but he, he wasn't saying it maliciously though. no no I don't, I don't mean it like that at all but it it throws it mm. in there and kind yeah. of in her face a little bit oh yeah doesn't it you know and saying you know i'm i'm cool with it it's fine i understand yeah i've moved on yeah i'm good baby i'm <laughs> out here <laughs> i'm living my best life <laughs> With my next wife. <laughs> I've got nothing else. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought we were going into a full... Another brother. <laughs> From another... Mo- oh, that's classics. That's on the highlight reel. Good. Um, yeah. But, okay, so then... Two twos. Then they're having... Um, then the Steinbeck thing happens, isn't yeah. it? Like, he basically says... That's we- after the the moment in the gym with Whitey saying after practice yeah he then comes out of the the gym and sees her in the corridor that's it yeah. I assume because she has cheerleading practice at the same time yeah 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 so he's kind of chasing her out and says hey bro uh, here's this book I was telling you about yeah and uh, she says yeah okay I'll I'll do this for you uh, if you do something for me he's sort of a bit confused like do something you know he's like I'm recommending you a book which is like he goes along with it and she has to read those books and then I think the next time we see we're kind of covering Brooke at the same time I guess Brooke and Lucas is when Keith and Lucas are having pizza which looks like a good pizza yeah it looks great it's like a good time <laughs> and I love the interactions between Keith and Lucas like Keith. I think he's really proud to like sort of spend time with Lucas and having and being in this position of looking after him while Karen's away. Obviously the kiss at the end of the last episode, I think he feels like, well, 
he's just counting down them six weeks, right? And then he's going to have, what, a ready-made family? Yeah. Potentially with his own kid, according to you. Oh, yeah, going to carry on being the dad that I've always been to you, biologically and metaphorically. You know, they do, like, a gender reveal party for, like, Lucas's (laughs) 18th. They cut the cake and it's just a picture of Keith's dick in it. Like, hey, this is where you came from. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh my god! I was gonna say a picture of Keith's face. In it. <laughs> <laughs> but you went with Dick. Kaka. <laughs> Kaka. A picture of Keith's face in it. Censorship. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Fake news. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I like they're in the pizza place and then Brooke comes over and says that, um, you know, only like one chapter left or something and you're all mine, handsome or something like that. And uh, Keith's like, what's that? No, it's nothing. It doesn't look like nothing. Just to go back a little bit. Please. Lucas is responding to all the flirty comments for the first time. Right, he's playing into it. He's not done that before. So all the times where she, he's said something where there's an innuendo to be made out of it, or she's made an innuendo out of it, he reacts mm. in a in a positive way to her. Yeah, like playful. Yeah, and it's the first time. Yeah. And well, so go on. No, go on. I was going to say, they have very natural chemistry. And if, remember what I told you, that they got together and mm. got married, it's kind of... It's probably because of the tattoo. Well, oh God, oh, her tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's when they're like kissing, it it seems like they're enjoying it. Like as in, it doesn't feel like there's much acting going on, Not does all it? the breath. Well, the breathiness. Well, the breathiness isn't there. Breath is being <gasps> taken away, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do, do you know what I mean? Or do you think I'm reading into it because I have that knowledge that, that, that they are together in real life? Uh, I don't know. I, I read it as good acting. But, yeah, I'm not sure you can see it as a true bond and real chemistry. Okay, so... Science, bitch facts <laughs> so okay so should we go to the bar it's always Steinbeck I know he's like a great American author but is that is this a thing is this yeah. a One Tree Hill thing it's uh, always Steinbeck uh, uh, it's a lot of Steinbeck when are we getting from Advice of Men out it's the only Steinbeck I've read and I've been waiting nine episodes <laughs> it's from a Tess Rabbit George <laughs> it's not Tess Rabbit it's us Look out towards the woods, Lenny. But I just want to test the rabbit, George. And test the rabbit. <laughs> Lot of uh, symmetry. Lot of symmetry in that in that book. Light. Mm. Light is important. Mm. And then when he kills the dog, that's old yellow. That's uh, symbolism of when he shoots Lenny. Mm. I. Uh, it's a good film. Horribly sad. Mm. I've read the book. I've watched the film, so nice. I've seen it. <laughs> you've That's read, Gary Sinise, isn't it? Book. Yeah. And John Malkovich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the film too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, both the words and the, the yeah. So well. Anyway. 
I, Why Steinbeck? I don't know. It's never mentioned. Well, do you know something? Your fan things. Well, it probably is, but it's you know the books. The books aren't my, my thing. Is it just because it's a big American author? Yeah, I think it's just Lucas is Classics. into it. But I, what we haven't spoken about is a lot of these episodes end with a quote from Lucas that he narrates at the end. The, uh, what the, that, the one in this episode was from Steinbeck. Yeah, well, I think a lot of and them... the previous one was. Yeah, they match up like to whatever book's been referenced yeah. in, in the thing. There's a lot more of this, like a book's referenced... He takes bits from the Get Great Gatsby in the was it the previous one or the one before? Yeah, there's ones that go on later where they mention the book and then the theme of the what's happened in the episode is relates to something that's happened in the book. You know, it's like I think it's clever that way. I think Mark Schwann obviously is into his reading. Right, something I need to say. So, public service announcement on our bonus episodes that we do on Patreon. Uh, I very almost brought something up on the last episode, but I decided that we didn't have enough time because we usually make those episodes about 45 minutes long. Um, so I feel like it's probably time that on the next bonus episode, I am going to unveil to Dom uh, some of the stuff surrounding Mark Swan because Dom is unable to Google or look at any of this stuff. Um, and I've been in two minds of whether of when, not whether, but when to inform him um, and talk about some of these things. But I guess it, I, well, it definitely is important. Um, so, yeah, but I figure that on the next bonus episode, we should just just speak on that, maybe, because I think it's a, a heavy debate. But I think it's not worth doing it in one of these episodes because it's not directly relating to the content of an episode. So we'll do it on um on the bonus episode. Um and I think maybe yeah, maybe one day when we're finished at the very end, we can put all of the bonus episodes out, you know, to like on iTunes and everything, like right at the very end. But uh but yeah, so if anyone has been wondering, uh we will have a conversation about the Mark Swan stuff and situation. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm looking at you like there's people out there in the world that will absolutely be going, well, he's not mentioned it and he's not talked about this, he's not talked about that. And you're obviously justifying that potentially based on what people have sent through social media. Mm. No one's mentioned it yet. No, okay, all right. But uh, either way, you're you're mentioning it, so it's obviously a known thing. Yeah. I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. And, I, honestly, and... I honestly, I'm worried that I have to wait three episodes to get to that bonus episode to be able yeah. to find out what the hell you're talking about. Well, and... That's four weeks away. Yeah. It's quite upsetting. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I mean, you can tell we joke about a lot, most of this stuff, but I'm being serious with this and sincere that this is not a joking sort of matter. It's quite serious and not nice. It's not nice in the slightest. Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, so it, it we need we need to talk about it, um, and hopefully it won't detract from the show as a whole because it's not, you know, it, it doesn't. I don't think it take it doesn't take anything away from the show, but it's uh, yeah. But we, we will. So for anyone wondering, it will we will come up. We will talk about it, and we'll do it on the next uh, bonus episode. So. Let's talk about um, 
Lucas. Are we in the bar? Yes. Okay. So his interactions with with Keith are nice. We were talking about. Oh, so we're at the pizza place. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Brooke comes over and says, "You know, one more chapter in your mind." Um, and Keith starts questioning, "Oh, what's that about?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, nothing." <laughs> flirty, flirty, flirty. And then she finishes the book. Mm-hmm. So it's your mind now, and he's like, "Oh, hang on a minute. You know, I need to find out." Um, kind of if you liked it and he mm-hmm. said oh, are you finding out and she says are you finding out if I liked it or if I read it because mm-hmm. there's a difference I read it there's a deal the deal is you're mine for the night mm-hmm. and he says well you know a deal's a deal and I think previously he wouldn't have even entertained any of this mm-hmm. but literally the interaction that he's had with her over the last mm-hmm. sort of two episodes has made him go yeah yeah I'm going to try I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a go because obviously Peyton has freaked out and said she doesn't want anything else and mm-hmm. she keeps throwing herself at me and actually I've now seen that there's a vulnerable side to her and mm-hmm. actually quite a, a nice side to her that isn't mm-hmm. this cheerleader bitchiness mm-hmm. yeah I'll, I'll see where this rabbit hole goes where does it go Ghosts are right by her underpants. That was funny. Uh, before that, when we're in the bar, yeah, fake IDs, fake IDs that she makes. Their names. Their names are Gretchen and. It's not Daniel, is it? I think it's Henry. Henry, is it Henry? Yeah, I think it's Henry and She's Gretchen. Gretchen. I remember Gretchen. I'm pretty sure it's Henry and Gretchen. Um, or Harold. Harold. No, I think I'm confident with Henry. Yeah, Henry seems right. If we're wrong, you know, we're wrong. But yeah. I'm confident with Henry. <laughs> Please tell us. Yeah, at Raven's Podcast. So, uh, she can shoot Paul. She loves beating boys at Paul. Yeah. As well as... Drinking beer. And... Just generally being seductive. Yeah. Um, but it's working. It like, is working. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's, it's also the charm, though. Like, she's sort of charming him because she's telling funny stories about herself as well. She used to call squirrels, like, squirrelies or something like that. And, you know, little playful things. Um, and then she sort of talks him into drinking the beer. And then she's like, oh, that's not... This isn't the thing. This is the thing before the thing. Mm. Um, what's your stance on tattoos? Me in general, or yeah, I, we're we're role playing it. <laughs> what's your stance on tattoos? I can't remember what he says. Useless. What's your stance on tattoos? I'm indifferent about them. <laughs> I can't remember what he says. Okay. Would you like to see my tattoo? Um, you're scaring me a little bit. <laughs> Listen, yes. I'm just gonna pull down my trousers a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I got something at the weekend. It's a span. It's a. It's a symbol for fun. <laughs> no, what? Do they have the same tattoo? I don't. Is oh, it the same that's symbol? interesting. I don't know. Is it the same symbol? Crazy. I don't know. I never thought that. Oh, is it? I I didn't get a chance to. If look that properly. is, that's crazy. Because I've never connected those dots. Oh, okay. I might have to go back and check. Because 
uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so we get the reveal. Um, do you think this was a stunt double? Stunt double? Yeah. For... Not a stunt double, body double or whatever. For who? For Sophia Bush. No. Why wouldn't they put it in a large, in a wide shot? Like, I just think if you're... So you could see it. They yeah. put it in a wide shot and she's miles away. She's just pulling her trousers down. Right, but they would have gone... <laughs> it would have gone... Right, in my, in my opinion, I think that... And this is actually on the back of something that you said uh, in our Little Giants episode on uh, the Mighty 90s mm-hmm. where we were saying... You were saying that you think that anything on screen that is generally intentional from the director, you know, in terms of how shots are set up. And I think that... Tom Cruise does his own stunts and he jumps off a plane and whatever, they get all of the angles because they can, because it's him, yeah. right? If they got a close-up like that, I'd think if it was actually her, they would then pull up and go into a wide shot as well because they can to to show all of the angles. But because it was only a, like a zoomed close-up, I'd imagine that wasn't her. So they found someone who had a tattoo there. Or just painted one on or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Because it might be, it's probably in people's contracts that, yeah, like, you know, no sort of, um, I know it's not nudity or anything, but nothing that's even scantily clad, it might be. I don't know her age either. Like, she's probably like, I don't know, 19, 20, something like that. Yeah, around there. Um, Might be, you know, parents or whatever in, you know, real life, just like, yeah, you can do this, of course. I don't know. Should maybe you turn around and say, that wasn't me. I don't, I don't reckon it was. I don't know. Let let us know at Raven's podcast. What do you, so you, are you saying you think it was her? I had no reason to believe that it wasn't her, other than you bringing it up. I mean, it makes zero difference whether it's her or not. Oh, yeah. Um, but... Because the illusion is that it is her. Of course. So it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it was Brooke. Yeah, of course, of course, of Not course. Sophia Bush. Yeah. Um, but that, that is my uh, assumption. I reckon that if she was older, if she was like 25 or something, then may, I, maybe it probably, I wouldn't have thought that. I think maybe it is her. But because they're still young, I think maybe, maybe it's a body double. Wow. That's for you to go and find out. No, that's for people to let us know because <laughs> that's not the sort of thing that I'm going to, hey, quick DM to Sophia Bush. Hey, you're doing <laughs> all this. Nine, re- season one. <laughs> you're doing all this really important activism. Um, but can you just take a break from that for a sec? Season one, episode nine. Is that your leg? Is that, <laughs> is that the top of your leg there? Is that your hip? Yeah. Um, but anyway, right. So what. This then turns into um, heavy petting. Yes. Um, how did you feel about for Lucas in this moment? Like you saying you felt proud of him. In, do you feel like it's like, well, he's kind of seizing a bit of lightness. This is like a light relief for him. This is like he's having fun. She even says, oh, my God, Lucas Scott, is that a smile? Yeah, for, for the first time he's being... He's like it's like he's free, isn't it? Mm. And it wasn't necessarily that Karen was the one that locked him in, but she's obviously a protective mother, but he's never 
had a curfew or been any, like told he has to be home by a certain time or anything like that. He's he would have been at the river court. It's like he's living kind of a safe life, isn't he? Yeah. And then, you know, now he goes out and he's had a couple of drinks and he's, you know, getting fresh with Brooke and he then goes and gets this tattoo. Mm. So the, the whole conversation about that, the tattoo and it being sexy is kind of, you know, she's like, I've got this small tattoo, it's very sexy, you could have a tattoo and it'd be sexy, and it's cool and stuff like that, and he goes and gets one. And then he gets home. When he gets home... Right, I've, I've got a whole thing about him getting home. Okay, can I just say this one bit, because it's just about his entrance? Yeah. When he comes home and he's drunk, and he closes the door, and he sort of watches it close, like, yeah... I really love that moment because to me, that's very true of feeling drunk. Like not feeling like wasted when you're just like a little bit buzzed and whatever. Because we were just talking off microphone before this while having our pre-podcast pizza. (laughs) That, um, letting people behind the curtain. uh, That, you know, we don't drink like that anymore, you know, drink spirits like that. Yeah drink and have like a couple beers i might feel a little bit you know tipsy or buzzed or whatever and that's kind of how you feel like close the door yeah i close that door you know it's the whole thing of like you're getting ready for bed and you take your underwear off and then use your foot to flick it up and you catch it in your hand like yeah i'm the man in this house like i'm loving life it was i thought it was really well acted because i think it's quite hard to act drunk i think people often overdo it convincingly yeah 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 So that's what I wanted to say on that bit. Go ahead. The biggest issue I have with this is he has a door to his room. Mm. What the hell is he coming through the kitchen? Other than it being a directorial device for him to bump into Keith. Yeah, true. Unless unless, unless he's thinking he's going to get some water or something. Go straight to the fridge. Straight, yeah. Yeah, Which is what we do, isn't it? He's going... (laughs) We've got eggs. I've got some eggs, I've got some beans. <laughs> I'm making a fryer. Midnight fryer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, good point. But why aren't you just going straight into your room? I didn't think about that. Because but... we made a point of it on the last one, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. External door. Because someone else uses the external door later on. Who does? Peyton. No, that's the kitchen door, isn't it? That's his bedroom. Kitchen door, bro. Is it? Yeah, it's kitchen. I'm because... sure it's the bedroom because then she says, are you ready to score? Oh, yeah, you might be right. Because yeah. then she comes bouncing into the room going, are you ready to score? Yeah, well, well pause on that. What though. the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Someone's just on their commute to work. Just shouting. <laughs> <and> just... <laughs> <laughs> Throwing coffee at the person next to him. It's like seven in the morning on the way to like, yeah, on the way to the office. But, uh, Drink a cup. No, 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 I liked it. Um, let's, okay, but pause on that. I think you're right, though. I think you're right. In hindsight, yeah, I think that must be his bedroom oh, because otherwise she wouldn't thing. She wouldn't be coming through like that into the kitchen, so, okay. But before we get there... Keith's there. <laughs> what do you want, Pete? <laughs> God. All right, Keith uh, and Lucas, they have that interaction where he's drunk. I think Keith played it really well. He doesn't know about the tattoo at this point, but he's very understanding. He's kind of almost laughing at it, like, okay, now I get it when I used to come home drunk and how my old man must have felt. 
It's kind of like, hey, you go sleep this off, but we're going to talk about this in the morning. Yes. I thought he played it cool. Yeah, he did. That was kind of what you want, isn't it? In a, in your kind of guardian at uh, the time. is okay, I accept the fact that you're in this state. I can't do anything about it because, you know, there's no point in me screaming or shouting at you because you've already done what you've done. So go to bed and we'll have a talk about it tomorrow. And I actually think this is how Karen would have reacted as well. I think, I do. I think she would have been like, oh, okay, you like this now. We'll see how you feel tomorrow. Like, I'm going to make tomorrow hell for you. Probably more than, like, Keith would. Um, But I think she would have still reacted that way. Keith had similar traits to Karen in this episode because he was so riled and I'm angry about things because, you know, she's been gone for five days and you've got pissed and got a tattoo I'm so annoyed at you and then it's like you know I'm sorry I reacted like that and grounded you and that looks a bit infected let's get that sorted where did you get that done in, yeah. in an alley in the Philippines <laughs> really made me laugh but wait, okay hang on hang on so more interactions with Keith and Lucas so he sees the tattoo the next day and uh I mean, he gets grounded, hardcore grounded, bread and water. What did you make of that part? Is where he actually takes it up a gear. Um, fair enough. He's there to look after him and make sure that he's okay and just carries on doing his usual routine. And it does seem like Karen's gone. And it would seem like that to, to, to Keith and anyone. You know, Karen's gone. You could just go out and do whatever the hell you like and, you know. You'd never pull a stunt like this if your mother was here. Exactly. Go and get something that's, you know, there for life, isn't it? He's made a decision on something when he's drunk that is now there for life. Unless he pays an incredible amount of money to have it laser removed. But it's it's actually a life sort of changing decision, isn't it? Because it's, mm. it's on you. You're like branding yourself. And he's not made a decision based on something that he really, truly wants. Mm-hmm. It's based on... A drunk night in a bar. A drunk night in a bar. Yeah. So, he doesn't regret it, though. He doesn't regret it. No, I, I think that's probably what makes it a little bit more comfortable. Um, which Keith would have ha- could have had a different reaction in terms of if he was regretted it and said, oh, okay, I was drunk. I shouldn't have done it. He goes, you know, it's the symbol for, Chinese symbol for fun or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, it hurts a bit, but I quite like it. What does he say? He says the Chinese symbol for dumbass or something. Who keeps? Yeah, doesn't he say something like that? I don't know. I know Lucas says it's the Chinese symbol for fun, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what he keeps as well. I can't remember. Good time. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, and then... We get again another interaction where it's like infected, or it looks like it's getting infected. It's passing. It's nasty. It's not good. He's not treating it well. Well, not moisturizing. It's it's meant to be covered for the first like forty eight hours. It's meant to be like cling film covered to keep all of the air in, to mm. keep all of the moisture in, so it doesn't do that. So yeah, and he's not putting the pamp film, you know, the baby cream on and all of that stuff. Yeah, it's not. He's not... It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no surprise this is happening. 
Yeah, he's not looking after it at all. He's obviously not been given the right advice to look after it. But you would think Brooks got one; she would know what to do. But yeah, they're small, and but yeah, I mean the thing is, is uh, so I have tattoos, and I've always been told by my tattoo eyes that you have to remember that you have a wound now. Like it, it takes time to heal. It's like three weeks or something to heal mm. properly, and in that time, you got to treat it like you're wounded because your body's just been carved up. It's really <laughs> sensible, actually, way to look at it. Yeah, it. yeah. I have none. Well, if you do, it would be, you know, if you get this, you know, our podcast Ravens logo tattooed on you. You got to treat that like a wound, <laughs> or if you get the Chinese symbol for fun <laughs> on your hip bone, then yeah. it's you know. And then I'm Brooke. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I think can we then go to the final point, like the climax? I just wanted to talk about Brooke. It was not really touched on Brooke that much. Yeah. Other than the interactions with Lucas. It's her interactions with Peyton that I think are really important. Oh, yeah. Because she finds her at, like, lunch or, like, whatever, recess or whatever they have at... <laughs> when she's sort of sitting around the school benches or whatever. And she goes running over and sits there and says, um, guess where I was last night? I'll tell you. I was with Lucas and we went out. We had a few drinks and blah, blah, blah. Yep. And Peyton's really shocked by this or like quite surprised like you were out with Lucas and he was mm-hmm. drinking and mm-hmm. oh yeah he's super fun oh you should have told me he was a great kisser yeah and then it's like bang salt in the wound absolutely like throwing that in her eyes yeah salt in the like, eyes right see you later and then she just disappears and that gave me a moment of oh she's yeah. been a bit of a bitch a bit of a horrible bitch there but I think again I don't think it was meant as the character of Brooke I think it was just plot devising because the same way that Lucas would say hi to Brooke it's all meant to be seeding in Peyton's mind and making her realise that she's losing this opportunity and that she's sat herself on the bench where she should have you know been putting herself in the game and she'd said already as well that he's fair game she said mm-hmm. to Haley, well he's fair game so yeah and we've made that very clear and yeah. Brooke is storming ahead you know getting 42 points and she's <laughs> she's breaking down <laughs> Scott's scoring record <laughs> exactly and he's and she's and Peyton's kind of sitting there on the bed it's on, all basketball metaphors <laughs> well yeah and so I, I think that yeah I could see how it could be read that way but I think it was just put there because we haven't talked about Peyton really we've, well we have we've spoken about everything she's every scene she's been in um, but it's all been this amalgamation and build up of oh no I've made a mistake oh no I did want those things with Lucas I you know just She's got this facade that he doesn't have, you know, of um, and a bit more guarded, and you know, maybe rightfully so because of the things that have happened in her past, and and you know, painful things with her mother, and you know, all these other things. So it all makes sense. It's all just a little bit too late, and then it builds to she's decided, hey, actually, me and Lucas are a thing. We could be a thing. I'm gonna go to his house and I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna let him know. What happens, Dom? So she's let into the room. 
they're disgusting. She says, all the things that you said to me, I want. Peyton. <laughs> I was, why would you ever role play with me? <laughs> One time. You watched the episode twice. When it's Keith and Whitey, I'll play along. <laughs> but... When it's like basically teenagers and weird hormone games. I'm not that interested. The world is teenage weird hormone games. <laughs> Doesn't matter how old you are, it never stops. Yeah, but I don't want to be the Peyton to your Lucas. Peyton. Right, right now. Peyton. Look in my eyes. Peyton. My point is that he <laughs> he tries to interrupt her because she's saying... I want to be with you. I want everything that you... Peyton. Wanted. Everything that like, you said. Peyton. I want. Peyton. What? No, no, she doesn't say what. She's just like, let me finish, keep going. Peyton. <laughs> I can't take you seriously. Peyton. Let me finish. Uh, yeah? I love you. I want everything that you wanted to. Say it softer. I, want, I wanted everything. Say it with your chest. <laughs> say it softer and slower. This has become so creepy. Say it slower. I'm glad I sit close to the door. <laughs> that door's locked. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm joking. All right, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> so she comes in and she says all of these things. She says all the things that um, brings up all the things that Lucas has said. And I, I want them to. I finally realise that that is what I want. And I want that with you. And then... Brooke comes out wearing the Keith Scott Auto Body Shop and towing hoodie, <laughs> and says, "She said, hey champ, are you ready to score?'" <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure she does. I mean, she says, "Yeah, what a great line. It's some, it's something. You are you ready to score?" Let's say champ. Yeah, I love. I think it's hey, hey champ. <laughs> but also, are we assuming? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what's so perfect about this moment is there's all this sentimental like the editing is perfect there's all this sentimental music uh, Peyton's pouring her heart out and then the music just cuts dead <laughs> and she just comes out like hey champ ready to score now when you watch this on your first time was that like a jaw drop like a moment that because you didn't expect her to come out at the back my exact reaction was oh shit that's happened. <laughs> Did, really? Was it an yeah. external this, this yeah. exact thing? Absolutely. And it ends there. And it ends without a decision. Mm. And it ends with him looking like, oh, I'm looking at this one thinking I wanted that one before. Like, meaning Peyton. I wanted her before. And she sort of turned me down and freaked out and whatever. And I'm not sure I really want the drama. And I, I, I turned to this side and I got a tattoo because of this girl. And I'm about to score. And um, you know, my turn to go downtown to Funky Town. Because Peyton wouldn't before. Haley wouldn't. And <laughs> they touched heads. <laughs> but the, do, do, we, do we think that... We sort of touched on this a little bit earlier. <laughs> Double entendre. But almost about... The, uh, we kind of touched on this earlier... Do we think that Lucas is a virgin? And so him about to score, do you think he's about to score for the first time? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. But do we think she's about to score for the first time? Which was what you 
suggested in the last uh, two episodes ago. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a hint to. Uh, Peyton says to Haley, Brooke's not the one like the kind of girl that sticks around. If you know what I mean, it's kind of she gets what she wants and she moves on. But there's still no real answer as to whether she's a virgin or not, or you know who she slept with. That might come up in another episode. In the ne- it might come up in the next episode if he decides to go down the Brooke path, then they'll have potentially a crazy wild night together and she'll say wow you're the best I've ever had out of the three guys I've slept with or whatever mm. and he'll say oh, you're the first mm-hmm. I don't know okay. but you know he it might turn out that she goes actually it's all of a facade I've never slept with anyone before mm. and he'll still go yeah neither have I thanks mm. okay well we will see <laughs> So, okay, as an ending, it then goes into Travis, Reoffender, which is a song that I really like. You know that one? Keeping up appearances. <laughs> Keeping up with the Joneses. Everyone. I'm fooling myself, Dom. I'm fooling myself. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't like Travis before. I like them even less now. It's the only song I know of them. Oh, really? You would, you'd know more. Okay. You'd know, like, Just... Sing. How's, how's it going? I'm not singing. How's it going? I'm definitely not singing. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd know, uh, Why Does It Always Rain On Me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that song. And Driftwood. No, you'd know it. You'd know it if you heard it. I guarantee it. If I played it to you now, you'd know it. Okay. Okay. I like that song though, and it it kicks into that, and uh, and then yeah, and it comes into the end. I think so. Is there anyone else we need to talk about? I think we covered everyone. No, Jake again. That's two episodes in a row. But he didn't feature in the previously on One Tree Hill. Yeah, but that's that's a long gap. Two episodes. They did that cliffhanger with the baby, and then two episodes of no appearance. He's got babies to look after. It's busy. Yeah, true. But do you not want answers? He wasn't at the game either. Yeah. I want answers. Yeah. Nobody else seems to care though, do they? You miss Jake. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else? Will you, anything else you want to talk about before we get into our judgments? Um. No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't really make a prediction of what Lucas is going to do next. Oh yeah, let's hear it. Good point. Which, okay, which there's what I, want, the I, what I want to happen and yeah. what I think will happen. Okay. They're two very different. Let's hear them both then. So I want him to pick the brook path. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think he'll pick the Peyton path. All right, so why do you want him to pick the brook path? You think it'll be fun, more fun? Uh, I think she'll bring out a more exciting side of him. Because... Okay. All his interactions with Peyton from episode one to eight have been a bit... Melodramatic. Yeah. And it'll just be... Intense. Exactly what he just said, like what he said previously in this episode of, 
I kind of don't want the the drama of it all with the whole. Is it Peyton Sawyer? Yeah. The whole Peyton Sawyer drama kind of thing. I mean, he he might do, but actually, he kind of he's kind of right. He doesn't need that. Not They're yet. almost too similar, aren't they? Yeah. Like as in uh, Lucas and Peyton, and that and that doesn't always work. You need some contrast, you know. Opposites attract. Yeah. And Brooke is a complete opposite, but can kind of bring out the the crazy side in him every now and then, and will surprise people because it surprises Brooke, and it surprises Peyton when um, it's mentioned that he went out drinking. Like, mm. what, what do you mean? He's so straight laced normally. Um, and you've managed to get him to do this stuff. That's crazy. And it's exactly like you said. It's on the back of Brooke doing all this fun stuff with him that she's gone. Oh, maybe I do want a relationship with him. And it's too reactionary. It's too late. Mm. But um, in Lucas's world, so that that path I would like him to go down is the Brooke path because I actually think Lucas could be um, really fun with a with a hint of seriousness. And it put in a really strange dynamic between him and his mum, Brooke and his mum, and kind of the Haley factor as well. Um, And I also think that Keith would just be like, I'm just staying out of all of this shit. (laughs) I'm just going to go back to work and then occasionally drink whiskey in a mug with Whitey, you know. Um, I think Brooke would just bring in this weird dynamic between everyone that would be quite tense but fun. But I think he is going to pick the paint road. Okay. And he's going to go down the kind drama. of drama, woe is me, I love you, Romeo and Juliet, kind of we shouldn't be together, but want to be, need to be, mm-hmm. half. Okay. So that's what I think. Well, we will find out, my friend. We will find out in the next episode but before we get to our judgments and if you already want to hear the next episode if you're listening on a podcast platform that is not patreon then you can join our patreon now and get early access as well as access to additional content we have two bonus episodes and an introduction episode with tree hill talk and river court cast you can find out more information on that by listening to this just became a raven hello and welcome to the mighty 90s podcast network our network is made up of two podcasts the mighty 90s movie and tv podcast a look back at 90s movies we grew up with and the ravens a one tree hill podcast covering each individual episode of the show All of our podcast episodes are free on all podcast platforms. But if you'd like to support us on our podcast journey, then we have free Patreon tiers with bonus content and ways to connect with us that we'd love to share with you. All of our Patreon tiers include all of our podcasts. The first tier, Junior Varsity. You receive one week early access on all of our podcast episodes, a patron shout out on the podcast, access to our monthly One Tree Hill bonus episode, exclusive access to non-90s movies that we will cover and a 90s movie title of your choice on the wheel. Your movie title choice will be put on this wheel and at the end of each Mighty 90s episode we will spin the wheel and that will decide what movie we will cover next. The second tier, Varsity. All of the perks from Junior Varsity and you get to add a non-90s movie from any year to the wheel. And the final tier, Hall of Fame. 
If there is anyone out there that loves our work this much, then we want to speak with you. So you get all of the previous perks and we will invite you to co-host an episode of the podcast with us. We appreciate any level of support from an Instagram follow to any of our Patreon tiers. We love doing this and we appreciate you all. Be gentle with us. And wear gloves. So Dom, judgments. Judgment time. Do you know what? I think it's time to switch the order, baby. I want to go first. Oh! You always get my picks, and I have nothing left to say, because you've said it all. (laughs) So, give me my questions, please. Okay, so, who was your favourite performer? I feel that, in my opinion, it has to go to James Lafferty. I know that you, like, from your face, I can tell that you knew that I was going to say that. Did you know? Uh, I, I guess you deluded to it earlier. I would say James Lafferty because he showed a large uh, variety of um, sides and uh, range of, you know, emotions. He played sort of being drugged really well. He played being in despair really well, being sad, being anxious, being angry. I think he kind of hit all of the marks. And then his chemistry and relationship with Haley, with Bethany Joy Lenz is so good and really believable so I'd say James Lafferty what about you? I have to agree hey <laughs> and now I know exactly what it's like to be you <laughs> yeah think of something that I didn't say yeah. it's not a good place to be is it? I have to agree completely agree um, all of it all of what you said and um, him showing his ability to play vulnerability and just the scene where he's asking Haley for help mm-hmm. at the end and mm-hmm. says, oh, I need help and can I stay with you? And just acted so well. Just from, mm-hmm. just from start to finish, he was really, really good. And like you said, he he hit several different touch points of, of being like different personalities all in one character. And he did that really well. So, yeah, James Lafferty all the way in this episode. Did you know in real life he wasn't an actor? This was like his first sort of acting thing. He, he was a basketball player. Yeah, you told me in a previous episode. And I think he's the youngest cast member. I think you told me that too. Crazy. He's good though. Talented. Very good, yeah. Well done. So, we've gone from performer. Now let's talk about character. So who was your favourite character in this episode? I think this will surprise you. Who do you think I'm going to say? If it's going to surprise me, it's not going to be Lucas. So who do you think it would be? And it's not going to be Nathan then. It's not going to be Haley. Are you going to say Peyton? Hell no. Oh, okay. <laughs> not that much of a surprise then. Brooke? Keith. Oh, Keith. Okay, it's not a surprise. I, <laughs> just because I think uh, he played uh, he's my favourite character in this episode because he it's like he went he started off as so proud to being in that position of caring for Lucas to having to then be so disappointed and we didn't touch on the line that he said with um, I expected more from you yeah 
I just thought it was real because I'm not of, angry. I'm disappointed. It was one of those lines, wasn't it? Yeah, but that like when it's said like that, it's been said so many times in so many movies and TV shows. It's a bit sort of cliche, you know, or a bit played out. But the, this way was very much like it was said in a Keith way, and the delivery on it, it wasn't said. Oh, it was really good, mm. um, and really sort of put Lucas in his place. Um, so yeah, so I'd say Keith. What about you? My guess for you would be... I think you're going to go Nathan again. Nope. Okay, then you're going to go Brooke, because she brought it out of... No, so Lucas. Lucas. Because he let go? I never picked Lucas because of how broody and moody and kind of stroppy and... He is. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I really liked his character in this episode. I was I was really happy that he was he was different, mm. and I I don't want him to be, uh, you know, completely different from who he is because that's not him. The whole point of this character is that he is quite pensive and and broody and mm, good word. um un- understanding and humble and you know all the things that we've said about him before. That's the whole point of him, um, and that he is caring and he is loving and he will just be a shoulder to cry on if that's what he needs to be for whoever it is whether it's his mum or Peyton or Brooke or Haley or you know anyone I think he'd even do it for Nathan um, and in this episode he was so different it was just nice to see that he can be a teenager mm. or young adult sorry as we like to say yeah. <laughs> so I actually think Lucas was my favourite character in this episode and it made me smile watching it because I was thinking you would never expect me to pick Lucas for anything. Um, so actually, when I was watching it, I was thinking, yeah, he's he's actually my favourite for once. <laughs> was it when he drank the beer as well? He, he does the... Ah, yeah. with the beer. <laughs> just, just him in the whole episode. I think from start to finish, I thought, actually, he's quite... He's different, and he, he has a tough choice to make at the end. So I, I now can't wait for the next one to find out, you know... Does he go left or does he go right? Best cliffhanger so far, do you think? Absolutely. Okay. Okay, so that's why I picked Lucas. Did you I have a favourite song? I'm guessing the Travis song at the end. Is that your favourite song? Fooling myself. Yeah, that song, yeah. You? <laughs> okay, I didn't hear any other songs, but I'm still not picking that. <laughs> so whatever whatever else was in it, I'll pick that. I love that one. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Is that acceptable? Yeah. Thank you, we'll take that. Uh, uh, considering I've been doing that every time, <laughs> any song, can't think of one. <laughs> okay. Uh, Favourite background performer? So now remember, mm. this is anyone who has a line or less. I'm going to say the referee. Oh. Because I think he only had one line. Oh. He said something like, calm down, son, or... He looks at Whitey and says, what's your boy? Yeah, what's your boy? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> So, yeah, one line, right? You? Uh, he was going to be mine too. You can have him too. We can share. Oh, there's the, the waitress that brings the drinks over and she stupidly checks the IDs and she accepts that she's Gretchen and Henry. And she'd already poured the drinks. What if then she wouldn't accept the ID? What's she going to do with those drinks? Pour them away? It doesn't seem economically sound for the bar, you know? Yeah, because they've ordered. Mm. If this was here, and you order, you'd have been, been carded already. Yeah. 
But yeah, she's still your. I will go with her. Yeah. <laughs> she was having an off day. Which means it's time for the rating. Now, Dominic, this is what I've been waiting to tell you. There is a divide amongst the force. And what I mean by this is several people have reached out to me specifically yeah. um, about this sec- segment of the show. That you don't put enough effort in. They've said that... that <laughs> effort? <laughs> effort should not be being questioned here. They're saying that I'm not putting up enough fight. Okay. And that this is unanimous. I've had like at least four or five people separately, not to, not reacting to something I've posted or anything like that, emailing messaging whatever saying that i'm not putting up enough fight that the ratings they should be higher i'm letting you get away with it so (laughs) so so dom firstly on behalf of me and all of our listeners fuck you okay fuck you for a six a seven a couple sevens and eights in here yeah we've had some good ones Uh, come back to the microphone look we've had some good ones i'm sorry for saying fuck. you know it's all love okay but still the same time for the fans we've had some good ones we've got clo- we've got some so then, nines wait, hold on let me get this right so the people that are listening that have reached out and have let's say been dissatisfied with your attempts to push my score higher i think they've been dissatisfied with your scores right but are they then they can't be dissatisfied with me because that's surely that's that's my oh, opinion. Here we go. But is that side with you? Twisting because you, it. Because you're not working hard enough to make me like it more. All right. <laughs> I, I think that I'm I'm letting you bring them down because there's, no, there's never been a situation where you've brought me down. It's only ever been you bringing me down on the scores. I've been like, oh, it's a nine. And you're like, I'm not happy with a nine. I think it's a seven. And then we end up meeting in an eight, you know, rather than me pushing you and, and I've, explaining I've never come further. up to your number you've always yeah. been down to mine yeah I think you came right. up to mine once I think maybe like episode 3 where it was an 8 I think maybe I got you from a 7 to an 8 but regardless I mean we're just joking around like, I mean we're joking around but also we said we can't leave until we agree on a number mm-hmm. I have all the time in the world I have no commitments I'm not married just saying Oh, oh, so you're blaming it on that. I'm sorry I have a pregnant wife, Dom. (laughs) I will make my decision on this episode and you will match it. Uh, I'm joking, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, that was a joke. I actually think... Okay. I think we're going to come up with a pretty even score on this episode. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for what I should. Shall I write it down? Mine? Yeah, write it down. Shall I write it down? He wants to write it down so he knows that I'm uh, you know, it's Very it's good. true Good-looking. and consistent. Well, so I'm gonna write down a number of what I think uh, I'm gonna write down a number of what I think the episode means to me. The number okay. I think it is. Yeah. And I'm fairly confident it will be what you think it is as well. Okay. Got him. Okay. His writing. I'm going to keep speaking so that there's not just quietness because that doesn't work on a podcast. So please write quickly, Dominic, because I'm just filling time with my voice. I can do a rendition of Half Brother, if anyone. My Half Brother from another mother. Okay, he's done. So, 
Do you want me to say what I think the score should be? I want you to say what you think it should be. Okay. I think that this should be what... Oh, I've forgotten what the episode is called. With the thing, the thing one, two, and three. I've forgotten what that one was called. Was that episode six where I said it should have been a ten, right? Episode six? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think episode nine undebatedly should be a 10 because of all of the character development where it puts everyone the cliffhanger the acting the content the substance everything i believe this is a 10 what do you think dom okay so i've written a number down on this piece of paper i've written a number down before it Mm -hmm. i crossed that number out oh so i've written a number down and i've circled it of what i I went and, you know, truly believe that this is what the episode number should be. Oh, God. Okay. okay? Yeah. And you're going to see that now. I'm going to turn it around. I want you to shout out the number that I've put on there. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Ten! <laughs> Yay! I think this episode was a ten. But you started with a nine. I started with a nine, and then I, you know, had a little moment over there. I thought to myself, actually, this deserves a ten. Hooray! One Tree Hill, episode nine, is a ten. Okay, you tell... Thank the Lord, but you tell me why Why is this one a ten for you? This is the first episode where I've gone, yes, everyone is on point. Everyone is playing it so well. There's no Karen. There's no- <laughs> <laughs> oh, a mag ten. <laughs> So that I'm expecting like the next six episodes to be a ten. No, I'm joking. Um, I just thought, like I alluded to at the beginning, everyone is playing a slightly different edge to their character. It's like they're all playing each other. So Lucas is now playing Nathan, and Nathan is mm. playing Lucas, mm. and it's it's that complete flip. Mm-hmm. And Keith is playing Karen, and Whitey is being someone different, and Peyton is probably being a little bit more like Haley, and Haley mm. is being a bit more. Um, maybe a little bit more like someone else that no one mentioned Brooke is still herself but everyone is just ever so slightly different and someone different mm. Deb's is kind of falling out of love with Dan and is like mm. I will stab you in your sleep that's just terrifying <laughs> so you've got like fear and love and hate and um, angst and just everything in this drugs. episode. Drugs. There's drugs and everything. Hip tattoos. Craziness. The infected tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Hip tattoos. All sorts of drunken ridiculousness. And it's great. Hey, champ. <laughs> Ready to score? <laughs> just some really great performances. Some great acting. Some great character changes. You can see. You know, the arcs are happening. Um, just Nathan going from being total douchebag at the beginning and me really not liking him to thinking, wow, this kid just needs help. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the acting that James Lafferty's put into that and, you know, the effort that has gone into the show to get us to this point, I definitely think episode nine deserves a 10. Yay! Well, and if you think about it, nine episodes that much content that is a lot there's a lot so much and I I was thinking this earlier today that we've watched nine episodes and have come so far and uh, you know I already feel like we know these people a lot 
already. We're finding out so much about them in every episode. Um, but this one in particular had just so much going on, and but it was it was you could you could keep up with it really well, and um, you just brought along with the story, and it everything just fit in this episode. The episode that you said I should have given a ten previously for me was stemming for this episode to be a ten. I'm ha- and I'm happy with that. I think. Maybe it was a bit early. And I think maybe, for me, it felt like a 10 because I have the knowledge of where it's all going. So when I'm re-watching, it's like you can't help but have that knowledge in your mind. You know, So it feels like... So now you're saying you feel like you know these characters. But if we went back and watched the first episode, you'd feel like you knew them already. You know, So it's like you already paint in the fact that, oh, well, I know that you know Keith does this and Karen does that and blah 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 so I I get it I'm super happy that we got to a 10 because like I've said before um in my opinion I think season one is my favorite season probably overall a lot of we've spoken we've spoken to people a lot of people say season three and four right um and I get that too but they're some of my favorite episodes of the whole nine seasons are right in this range and we've still got some great ones to go so i'm glad that we're calling them like this because we are going to get to some dry spots this is true and it's the same of all shows um and i'm and when they're dry i'm happy to call them i'm happy to call the threes the fours the the whatever you know i'm all for it um but as long as we also call them high when they are high you know and so i'm really happy that we've we've got to that cool and Hopefully, the our fans, the people that listen to this podcast, and um, you know, have their views as well, and have not put any pressure on on you, but have kind of <laughs> mentioned that their displeasure that maybe you don't fight so hard for for the One Tree Hill Gang. Um, they don't need to this week. Yeah, we're in total agreement. But it means I'm going to have to fuck you up every week from now on. Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure there's... uh, You don't actually know, but there's actually a Zoom online street party after this for our listeners to to celebrate the 10. I'm just waiting to give them the word. (laughs) I'm not allowed to go because they'll spoil everything for me. Yeah. (laughs) It's us versus you. That's how... No, I'm joking. But pretty much... Every message we get or interaction and email and whatever, everyone's saying how much they love your predictions and how hilarious it is. Um, Like, regardless of whether they're right or wrong, just how funny I think, uh, you know, um, your perspective is on everything as a first-time watcher and then how great it is to hear your predictions when they're right and then to hear them when they're wrong. Like, either way, it's just really entertaining. So there's nothing but love for you, Dom, amongst uh, the listeners, of course. I, d- I yeah. wish I could... I love them all back. <laughs> no, I really do. I just wish I could um, talk to them like you do, because obviously I can't. I do. I have to I kind s- of talk through you. Yeah, I feel it, it for you. Everything, I, everything that is sent to us or is sent to you and it's heavily censored and uh well, I do edited. the I do the I do the thing on WhatsApp where you can like use black the line. the black lines through yeah. like the paragraphs that are it's like so much stuff is redacted yeah and I have loads of screenshots of Instagram messages that are literally black lines and then 
tiny bit of content and then black lines again. But it's so nice. It's so nice to hear from people and, and get the messages of people saying that they like what we both have to say uh, and that they think I have ridiculous, outlandish <laughs> predictions. But I have one question actually about Karen. Mm. Are you allowed to tell me when she comes back? Uh, like, I think she comes back in like six weeks, yeah. So but I don't know if it's... I can't remember how many episodes it so is. So kind of near the end of the series, she reappears for a little bit. Yeah, That's she's it. definitely back in season one. Oh, okay. um, but I think it might be like six episodes or something. Because I really have a feeling she's going to turn up with another fella. Yeah, I you really, said, really like last episode, the Rachel from Friends. Yeah. I mean, the Ross... Yeah, Ross and Rachel, yeah. he brings but back. There's, there's either going to be a moment where she comes back with another fella or Keith falls for someone else, potentially Debs. But I just, I don't know where to place it. I just feel like it's a... I, I don't know whether they do it just to keep Keith doing something different and interesting and on edge, especially well, for when she reappears. It's kind of like the uh, Ross and Rachel... In Friends, the Jim and Pam in the the US office, like the yeah, you you can't just put them together mm. that easily, yeah. Because what else is there to do? Exactly. But who's to say that's not what happens? I say nothing. <laughs> so that is episode nine of season one. Uh, as we've said already, if you're listening to this on podcast in on podcast platforms, then you can listen already to the next episode on our Patreon. If you're listening on Patreon, then thank you so much for your support already. If you'd like to support us with you know for free without any you know money or anything on Patreon, you can buy writing us a review or you know giving us a rating on whatever podcast app or platform you're using that really helps us to get visibility and to get our podcast out to uh, new listeners you can check out us on social media dom yes at ravens podcast on instagram uh, please send us some messages on there and simon will heavily censor and send on any feedback to me as well uh, but it's great that you guys reach out we really appreciate it uh, we love everything you guys have to say and all your comments and all our uh, regular commentees you know please keep sending us stuff and telling us what you like about the episodes and what you like about what we have to say about it and we also haven't touched on our high flyers uh, club segment uh, for a couple of episodes now um, so for any new listeners this is about people that have been affected by bullying uh, or you know anything sort of negative like that and how you've been able to overcome it or if you need help or a safe place to talk about things to overcome then we'd love to be part of that so if you have any anything that you'd like us to that we can share on the podcast or if you even if you just want to send it to us without it being shared you know you can you can do that through our email address which is the mighty 90s that's 90s as in 90s so the mighty 90s podcast at gmail.com or you can message us on instagram like dom said and uh yeah we'd love to sort of build that into our episodes as uh yeah you know a segment where we can share stories to you know try and put some positivity and 
share these things so people know that you know that they don't go through this stuff alone because uh, it is hard to get over the past and to let it go but it can be done and then you'll feel a lot lighter so feel free to reach out like that anything else Don? no just thank you for listening and uh, yeah, be gentle with us and Ravens on free Ravens on three. you count or me count you count this week Ravens on free one two three Ravens <laughs>